0: recorded live. Hello. Hi, is this Kevin?
1: Yes, it is. This is Ryan.
0: Yes, this is Ryan. Hey, how are you doing? Hi. Good. How are you today? I'm good.
1: Uh, Well, glad to speak with you and uh, just to briefly introduce myself, I write reviews and also weekly devotionals for NewReleaseTuesday.com and um, I went back and saw I actually reviewed your last record. Um, I also wrote for another site uh, back then. Uh, I also wrote for Christian Music Review with uh, Jay Heilman, who's a fellow Tampa native. Um, I remember hearing about your guys band back then with the, uh, the I'd need a savior. Um,
0: so you know that we've been around, we've been around the block a few times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's great to hear this return. Love this new record. Um, and, and one of the things I do for the site, uh, as I mentioned is write devotional. So for the last, um, seven years now since 2008, Uh, Every week I feature two songs uh, where I get the story and scripture uh, connected to songs in Christian music, and um, for sure, um, we could have multiple discussions from this record, but I thought for starters, since completely has done so well uh, in, you know, at radio and actually uh, in sales as a single, um, to kind of get a little bit of that story to share, and then eventually maybe we could circle back and hit on some other tracks but uh yeah watched uh, your online video about um it being you know sort of your journaling and and then kind of putting that together as a song and i always love to hear about that process and i uh, would like to start by hearing a little bit more about that from you if you don't mind a little bit of the songwriting process completely
0: yeah well um i mean it was uh, i had been writing with a a friend of mine that i i write a lot of songs with her name is uh, her name's stephanie lewis and she uh, she's known for writing all like the plus one stuff and she writes a lot for um, Natalie Grant. And I hooked up with her when I first moved here to Nashville uh, a few years ago. And um, we just really clicked, you know, we really, really had a good vibe and um, we uh, just wrote really well together. And anytime I had an opportunity to write with her, I would. And I was in the middle of this, this crisis, you know, I was really down. I was really going through some pretty heavy stuff and, um, we had, uh, sat down to write and I, I always bring my, my laptop with me when I write and I, you know, my journal is on my laptop, you know, it's, you know, Mm. I wish I could say that I'm, you know, super eclectic and I have a little moleskin and and write with a fountain pen, but I don't. Um, I just do it on a laptop, (laughs) but, um, I'm more like the Doogie Howser kind of, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, she's like, you know, I said, you know, like, well, I have my journal on here. We can kind of look at that because I had been journaling heavily because it was part of my like recovery process that I was, that I was in. Um, I had, you know, I kind of submitted myself to this, this, this program with a, a pastor friend back in Tampa. Um, and that was part of what I needed to do I needed to be journaling. Um, we, uh, we cracked it open and she looked at it and she said, Ryan, there's lyrics in here. And I was like, mm. really? like, and so literally the first you know the first whole verse you know and you know this the chorus essentially just came right out of the pages of my journal and uh you know the the process what had occurred was you know i had to i had to end a a, a relationship like a 6 year relationship um because i had been hiding things for years and it was killing me slowly and i didn't realize it and it was causing you know, a lot of pain to the people around me. And it was, you know, it was really, really, it was a poison that I didn't know was in me. And, you know, the whole first verse, like if you know this, you know, my friends and the closest people to me, you know, they hear that mm-hmm. first verse and they know exactly what I'm saying. I mean, that puts you in the room with me and that person. Um, literally, like, those are my words. You know, like, I, I'm i a, the original line was actually, it was, it was, I'm a grown man standing here weeping. And, you know, we we changed the lyrics because we wanted it to be more, you know, attainable. You don't want it to be like gender specific, you know. And so I guess part of the writing process is kind of taking, you know, these really personal things and then kind of giving them a little bit of a, a spin or a polish, if you would, not to make them appear better, but to make them, you know, reach a broader audience. And so... That song, you know, it was one of those things where we wrote it in one day. Like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. a, hey, we'll come back to it. Like, we wrote it in one day. We knew there was something special about it. And then later that night, I had a friend who was interning at a studio here in Franklin, Tennessee. And we would, you know, as soon as the, you know, the guys in charge were done for the day, he was able to go and, and work and mess around, you know, for as long as he wanted to. And so we, you know... We jumped in there at like 11 o'clock at night, and we just demoed the song right away and it was it's kind of one of those things where the first performance of it um we wound up not being able to use it when we recorded the song for the record, but the first performance of it is just monstrous it's like it's one of those things that you know only a select people have gotten to hear, but it's like mm. it's you know it's I, i'm like i'm really happy with the way the, the song turned out but like nothing tops that first performance and i feel like it's kind of special because it's something that we'll always have like you know me and my buddies and the people that kind of helped create the song so and we did it that night we demoed it that night and and then i sent it off to connor farley at tooth and nail and you know and then there was like the you know the battle of do i want this on the record you know this is mm. very personal like i don't even know if i want to put this on the record and and I remember, you know, there was some the conversation I had and it was in I was in Orlando with with um for from for Momentum, big radio deal thing down there. Yep, yep. And uh, uh, Brandon Evil was there and I remember he like put his arm around me and he was like, Hey man, I heard you're uh, heard you're thinking about not having completely on the record and I'm like, Yeah, he's like he's like, I'll kill you if you don't like something like <laughs> something like there was something like that. But <laughs> something to that respect. But, you know, in the long run I'm I'm really glad that we decided to put it on the record because you know, I, I learned, you know, my lesson that I learned from that was that, you know, as as Christians, you know, we're not, you know, we're not called to look like everything's hunky-dory. And I feel like, I feel like that mentality of, of Christianity is changing because not everything is hunky-dory. You know, like, you know, there's, this is a rough, this is a rough world we live in. You know, it's a beautiful, I mean, it's a beautiful place and it's full of beauty and amazing things. But the reality is that we really are, we're not called to you know, put on a show and pretend that, you know, life is is grand and we have it all together, we're called to really, really be real with one another and I feel like that's something that we miss sometimes and that's something we strive to do with the band is to be real with our struggles and be real with what is really, really going on with us uh, in hopes that it'll connect with people who are struggling with the same things who have always been afraid to say, hey, I, I deal with this, you know, I mean and that's kind of the mission of of this whole, of this record, too, the whole who you say I am, it's about identity, and it's, you know, we've, you know, we've kind of tied completely into the, the the title track, being just, you know, part of our identity, or, you know, our identity period is, is is not, you know, who, you know, what the world says about us, or how we're fused in society, because we do this, and we do that, you know, because I feel like we do that, we, we have like this, we have like a scale of sin of one to ten, you know, and, like, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you score, like, you did this, and that scores, that scores, like, a 9.5 on the, on the human view sin scale, you know, like, so I don't know if we're going to be able to talk to you or help you out, you know, yada, yada, but it's like, that's not how God sees it, you know, God sees it's like sin is sin is sin, you know, and it's like, we, we really strive to kind of, like, be real about the the taboo topics that we're not supposed to discuss because we can't be dealing with you can't be dealing with alcoholism or drug addiction or uh pornog- pornography or homosexual we can't be dealing with those things because what is our what is our church family going to say you know right and it's like you know I feel like that is kind of changing today like there's so many awesome like programs and ministries and just preachers and, and singers and songwriters that are being real with the struggles and it's shaking it up. And I like it and we want to be a part of that. So mm,
1: That's awesome. Well, thank you for, uh, as, as Brandon and others urged you, uh, including it on the record. Cause obviously, um, you know, and, and I'm not a fan of the fact that it takes singles for people to hear records as it turns out. Um, yeah. but I also, I also get it, you know, um, and, one of the things I read about you guys' um, band bio, and it does tie into my testimony, uh, was, and this was your quote, Just, I'm just going to read it to you. We have songs for the church as well as for the hurting, seeking and lost. Our desire is to eradicate the line between Christian and secular music. And I love that desire um, because one of the best ways you can do it is, as you said, being transparent and honest. Um, yeah. Because the world yeah, looks at Christians as, you know, um, sanitizing themselves or maybe sugarcoating um, yeah. their lives. Uh, it's sort of like how social media—you can kind of have your own identity that's not necessarily really. Oh new. yeah, the
0: online the online you is not the real you. You know, it's like you—you know—you're not posting. You know, when you when you post stuff on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, you're not. You're not posting your bad days. You're not posting your dark moments. You know, you look at somebody's, you go through somebody's Facebook, and they look like the most awesome, interesting, mm. on person on the planet. And really, that's not you. You're not exactly. you. You know, and it's, you know, and the 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 game. You know, the, it's funny because that bio, that bio is so old. I'm there's a, there's an updated one, but right, well, that's... I just I
1: like that line, and I, I wanted <laughs> to talk to you about it because the next part of what I was going to say, and I I want to continue what we're just talking about is that my testimony is that it was jars of clay crossing over and, and breaking that um barrier you're talking about. Uh and I was a secular DJ and I bought their first record and that's what led me to Christ. So that's
0: amazing. And that's like that's that's the goal. Like and that's that's the thing that you know we don't think we can do anymore because Christianity and Christian music has become a subculture, you know, and it's right. like that's not that's not right, and it and I feel like sometimes it's it's our own fault, you know mm-hmm. that that that's that become the case because there is this there's a game. It's like, you know every every station is you know they're listener supported. So I feel like I always feel like every Christian radio station is like on the verge of shutting down, you know. And mm-hmm. so they have to they have to kind of you know uh, they have to cater to their listeners to their listening audience. You know, much like with you know growing. I grew up in a church where like. You know the you know the youth wasn't taken really seriously because the youth weren't hiding, you know, and it's very similar to that. And I feel like it's it's this kind of dance, you know. Like I know that I know that we're gonna get criticism because our record is, I mean, it's a CCM record, straight up. But you know, in the CCM world, we're a new band. And, you know, right. we're, and that's the thing, it's like starting over, like, you've listened, I mean, you've heard our old stuff, and we, we kind of did what we wanted, and we, you know, we made this kind of song, we made this kind of, we just, we just like to make music, we like to emulate the stuff that we love. And, you know, it's like, well, I know we're going to get flack, because it's like, well, they made a, it. you know, it sounds like a CCM record, but it's like, well, you have to play that game, because if you don't, if you do something that's really unique and different, no one's going to touch it. <laughs> like, and it's never going to see the light of day at radio. But if you do if you do the CCM thing and you kind of garner a reputation, then you can kind of do what you want. It's like the, I call it them. it's like the Mercy Me model. You know? Yeah, like I agree. They, I mean, their first couple of records, I mean, I used to see, I, man, I remember back in the day, I used to go to a youth conference with Mark Matlock and the house band was Mercy Me and they mm-hmm. were, I mean, I think I heard I can only imagine like the first time when I was like 11,
1: 12 mm-hmm. maybe,
0: I mean, it was years ago. But they did that. They did. They were a worship band. They did CCM, and then now they have got this new record. Have you heard this new record by Mercy Me? It is nuts.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. Welcome to the news. It's... Great. And uh...
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a CCM record, and I feel like that's, that's kind of the goal, like that's kind of what we kind of model ourselves after, because we know that, you know, we, we're not, I'm not saying that we're, we're doing less than we want, because we're really proud of this record, and we put our heart and soul into this album, and we tried to make it as different as we could, like, without being too, like, away from a formula, you know what I'm saying? And that is that's kind of the line that you know if I'm speaking candidly as the, as an artist you have to sure. you have to be conscious of that and you have to be aware of that and I feel like we we did a good job of, of not making a straight up CCM record but making a record that has got CCM qualities but still has like a little dose of of who we are in it and you know what we want to be in the future so uh,
1: well thank you for sharing all that because obviously that's not all th- what I'm gonna um transcribe for the written devotional, but it helps me. Yeah. me as a
0: reviewer.
1: Because <laughs> I can probably get in a lot of life. trouble. No, no, it's all right. It helps me as a reviewer <laughs> and as a critic. So I'll just tell you a little bit, you know, because I, I shared the, the jars of clay um, part of my testimony. So obviously when I go, when I listen to all music, um, and just, you know, I don't listen to Christian radio at all. So all I know is when I get sent a new record like yours, it just goes into the mix of everything else I listen to. Uh, And I hear everything um, because we're, we're actually the largest Christian music site online. Uh, And a lot of it is we are doing things differently. Um, We're trying not to be predictable and, and do the exact same thing that everybody's doing. Um, And so we've been blessed. We're up to a million readers a month. Um, Sure. Hit hit our site. Uh, And a lot of it is that we're actually trying to cover Christian music more like uh, a daily, um, daily newspaper in essence um so we're always feeding new articles and and interviews and as you're hearing with me a devotional um and one of my favorite things about listening to new christian music is what what messages are really speaking to me that i know will speak to others and how can i cover that in maybe more detail um than you already have seen online so there's of course the one paragraph description of of your song but i wanted to get more information first off uh secondly i want to point people to where they can read about that in the word and that's something you and i will talk about in a second but thirdly i actually consider making the kind of music you just talked about that what mercy means now getting to do as in essence doing gourmet uh music which i write for another site called um under the radar uh and they're they um their web address is radarradio.net. And what we try to do there is um, compile what we call the, the gourmet Christian releases. And what we're trying to listen for is who are the artists that are making creative music even if it's never going to get played on radio. If you've never um, heard of it, yeah. Exactly. So we're trying to make sure we're broadening our scope. So when I went back and I just looked at how who I compared your guys' sound to from that last record, so from five years ago, um, not knowing you at all, I actually put three different band names, and I think you'll like who I came up with. The only CCM name I put in there was Mike's Chair, because at the time they were really hot and they kind of had like a new uh, electronic sound in there. But I yes. actually had I had um, Vertical Horizon <laughs> in there because yes. I heard a little bit of their style uh, musically. That's, and by the way, I'm a huge great. fan of them. My, my uh,
0: uncle used to say we were the Din Blossoms, which are, were very inspirational to Vertical Horizon. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then the other, the other artist I put in there who haven't, they haven't been making new CCM music for a long time uh, was PFR. So if you ever heard them... Oh, dude, I the, love
0: PFR. Yeah, back I,
1: in the mid-'90s. Our
0: harmonies, that, that's kind of like one of our things, our, our big harmonies. Like PFR, we grew up on that, you know. Didn't I go to such great lengths?
1: Yeah. I remember they yeah. had
0: freaking Goldie's Last Day. I wore that <laughs> record out. Awesome. I wore it out.
1: So that's good. I'm glad I'm glad you can connect with those references. So so for me, I was saying if you like that style of music, which I do, you know, I like that sort of alt rock um style of music. And then and I'm not gonna write this about this new record, but what I'm hearing, and I think this is a good thing, is I'm hearing um kind of a sidewalk profits uh style. Um mm-hmm. and that's a very successful style as you know. Uh, CCM-wise, and what I'm looking forward to is you getting, you know, more and more listeners to connect with what you're singing about, and then that will allow you to do more of the Mercy Me thing, which is throw in some more of the musical vibe that you're looking for. And
0: that's that's exactly it. It's like you want people to connect with what you're singing about, and then once you have them connected and you have a large fan base of people connected to what you're singing about, then you can change how you're singing about it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I no, I, I'm with you. And and as I said, there are other songs on this record um, I'd like to circle back on. Um, I did want to ask this because you know always that follow up single is kind of an aspect of of what you guys do. Um, yeah, no pressure. So I,
0: <laughs> so I
1: saw uh, what lo- what love looks like was sort of in in advance of completely. Is that true?
0: It was. It was. It came out first, and it was. We called it the. um, Us and people at the label, we called we we didn't. It was like the unofficial sacrificial lamb. Okay. Um, And it was kind of like, hey, remember these guys? You know.
1: Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Sort of bring your name in. Okay.
0: Yeah, and it didn't. It didn't really do well at radio. I think the reason why is because had it been a country song, it would have been a smash. But (laughs) in Christian radio, it just doesn't. It's too specific. It's too direct, and it does not. That's and a lot a lot of stations passed on it and said it's too country.
1: Interesting. Okay. Which well, is, I do like uh, the track a lot, and and yeah, would you say song. the would you say the title track is maybe a likely follow up single?
0: Um, the next single is actually over and over, and it's oh, going, okay. <laughs> which is to me that is like it's upbeat, it's got a cool message, it's hooky, it's kind of like right in the middle. I know that that is the next single over and over. It's going for ads on the 24th of this month. Awesome. Well, then really that'll be
1: good. So that'll be our next discussion. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back on that, but uh, yeah, kind of wrapping up a little on completely in this album. Cause you know, I think to be fair, I don't want people to only know about this song uh, when we could per- perhaps use this as a stepping off point to talk a little bit more about you guys ministry. So, Scripture-wise, this is a unique song for scripture connection because it's not exactly, uh, you know, paraphrasing Romans eight or something like that. Um,
0: Which one completely, or who you say?
1: Yeah, no, no, completely. So I actually just started doing some Bible Gateway searches on the word "complete me." I actually typed, and I typed in the message translation because I wanted to see like some newer. More modern language, just to see what would come up, and there's some pretty interesting passages that I think go a little bit with what you were trying to say with the song um, i e you know what is being completed look like you know, or is it uh, as you're saying in the song um, are you letting his gifts take the place of him? I think that's a great question, a great devotional question for people. And um,
0: you know what? Yeah. I, to be honest, there really isn't a Bible verse to connect it to. Man, I was reading a lot of A.W. Tozer and Oswald mm. Chambers. And that that whole, like, I let my gifts take the place of you and you pulled up my selfishness mm-hmm. from the earth. The whole song completely, when I was journaling, I was reading The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. And there is a section in there where he, refre- he references Abraham and Isaac, and he talks about how that our hearts were originally designed to be a dwelling place for the Father. And then when sin came in the world, we allowed, and he allowed, our hearts to become places where we can put things. We can put things. We can put relationships. We can put stuff. We can put accomplishments. We can put job titles. We can put anything in that place. And that's the Father's house. And in the A.W. Tozer book, he talks about how God basically, when God speaks to Abraham, and he says, it was never my intention to slay the lad. I just wished to remove him from the temple of your heart so that I may rule there unchallenged. And that wrecked me. Mm. Wrecked me. Like, and it, he goes on to say that, it's, it is, that when God goes in and removes the things, it's not pretty. It is violent. I think he even uses the word bloody. Like Mm. it is, he reaches in and he will rip things out of there. He will rip through the thorns that you have created and crafted over your heart. You put your treasures in your heart and then you cover it in a thorn bush and the father will rip through that and pull them out. And that is where that song kind of finds its real um, inspiration. And I know it's, you know, it's, it's not very... Christian of me to not have a Bible verse to back up to no no that's
1: all right that's that's part of what you that's part of what you and I talking together actually helps me do because this by the way this one was a little bit more of a challenge for me than usual and I like that so thank you because um, often often um, I already know all of the verses well before right. I talk to the artist and all we end up doing is just confirming them but in your case I've had to do some research which is great um, so yeah. so I found one here in the message and I wanted to read it to you because I think this is pretty cool um So Colossians 1, 21 and 22, uh, and again, this is message. You yourselves are a case study of what he does. At one one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got. But now, by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together, whole and holy in his presence. You don't walk away from a gift like that! Exclamation point. You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust, constantly t- tuned into the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. There is no other message, just this one. I just think that's pretty cool.
0: That is very cool. I like that
1: because um, it's just talking about being a re- you know having a rebellious nature, turning away from him. But he, you know, while we were still sinners, uh, I think honestly Romans 6:23 really does work as well. Uh, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, um, because that's an aspect of the running to the cross. But that Colossians um, passage is is really a little bit of Paul challenging that church about turning away from God, but God turned himself towards us. And now we we can't walk away from that. You know, once you've allowed that to affect you, um, you now start living for him. And I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. And I think there's some others as I keep studying. um, It's actually all of these are, these New Testament passages, I think are, this is a Christian living song. (laughs) I think that's really um, the idea is have you, are you going through the motions? You know, I don't know if you've read, um, have you read David Platt's um, books, uh, Radical or Follow Me? Have you read
0: any of those? I've, Everyone's telling me to read it to read Follow Me. Um yeah. and I've heard of Radical, but I have not okay. I've heard more about Follow Me. I think my dad's reading it and then I one of my friends was she started reading it. And she's like, You need to read his book. Um so but I've I've heard great things about it.
1: well, I've read them both naturally. Um and what I'm suggesting is I'm gonna connect some of David Platt's message of follow me to your song. Um Okay. So sometime in the next few weeks, if you get the chance to read it, it might be cool for you to see how I'm going to tie in a little bit of what he challenges people um, into what I believe your song also challenges people to do, which well, is, well, um, so just to tell you a little bit of what that is, uh, his idea of follow me is is laying down um, whatever it is um, that that's hindering your complete, you know, obviously, completely uh, your complete reliance on on Jesus for your salvation. So, are you in some way thinking, you know, like you said, you can be hiding some secret sin and then do all the church stuff and and everything's still going to be fine? Well, doctrinally, yes, <laughs> but are you yeah. really following Jesus? No, you're really. And not. it can go uh, it
0: can go even deeper than that. I mean, it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be something you're hiding. You can be you're, you could be hindering your surrender with the things that you love and the things that you're proud exactly. of. I mean, and this, like I said, this all ties into the theme of, of the record, is you know, who you say I am with identity. We tie our identity to places. We tie our identity to relationships. We tie who we are to our accomplishments or our accolades. And if you do that, you cannot, cannot. Tie your identity to something that can be taken away because God is jealous and he wants you and he is going to do that, period. Mm. Like, it's going to happen, you know? And it's that's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of why we don't take ourselves too seriously as a band because, you know, we don't want God to take that away because <laughs> we like it, you know? And it's like, we enjoy this, but if you got to take it away, take it away. Um, and It has to come down to a place where it's like, you know, all right, like it doesn't necessarily have to be me giving up the the naughty things that I do or the you know the things that I shouldn't be doing. But I am I willing to give up the things that I believe are gifts from God? Am I going to be? Mm-hmm. Am I going to give up a blessing? Am I going to give up? Am I willing to give? Like it's like Abraham again. It goes back to the Tozer thing. So make sure you right. make sure you give you give a nod to my boy Tozer.
1: I will do that. No, I'm a big fan of Tozer. I've read everything he's ever written. Um, you know, it's interesting. This this being my I guess it's now my um, Partly into my eighth year, I've written 610 of these. Just you know, over the last seven years, oh, um, really. I take it pretty seriously, as you can tell from all my research about your song, um, that I want to capture a, a fresh angle and and some fresh new biblical truths, and I want to connect them to other writers who have also written about these same topics. So, you know, I read Tozer, I've read um, Charles Spurgeon, I've read um, As well, Chambers. I like Chambers. Version is
0: great.
1: Yeah, I read read two devotional books every single morning. uh, And in order to write my own devotionals, I need to be rooted in the word and rooted in what other people write about the word. And then have you and I have this kind of conversation so that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to prick our hearts and suggest certain truths like you're suggesting so that, You know, basically the point is God gets all the credit, uh, and that's awesome. Um, And I did just find one other, and by the way, this is perfect for your song, Galatians 2, 19 to 20, uh, is is Paul, and again, we'll use this more modern translation, but the word completely happens to be in the text. Um, And it says this, what actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a quote-unquote lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going to go back on that. Is it not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? I refuse to do that to repudiate God's grace. If a living relationship with God could come by rule-keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. I just think that's your whole song right there.
0: That is pretty wild. Hey, Kevin, I hate to cut you off, but I have to do another interview at 3 yeah. Uh, do, you, is there, do you need anything more from me? I can call back.
1: No, we're good. That was what I wanted to end on. So you know, thank you so much for this time. Right. And uh, if you want, if you need to reach out to me, um, if you have my email, if you think of anything else, let me know. But I'll I'll make sure you get a hold of uh, this finished product uh, when I'm done.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Kevin.
1: All right. Thank you, Ryan. God bless. All
0: right. You too. Bye-bye. All right.
1: Take care. Bye bye.